0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome to the law. This is your legal light. It is your help law. And this afternoon, get ready um, to be really engaged and educated. Of course, that's what we do on the show. We're asking questions about press freedom and criminal laws. What's the relationship between the two? As you're already aware, Ghana has been doing very terribly in the press freedom rankings globally and much of the blame has been put on some sections of our criminal law we're going to deal with those specific provisions on the show right now we'll be right back is the law it is your legal rights. it is your health law and I'm very privileged to be hosting this afternoon two gentlemen who can help us do justice um, they are Oliver Baca vomo who is a lawyer and researcher and we will shortly Uh, show you one of the compelling reasons why we believe that he is most suited to help us discuss these issues. The U.S. State Department names him in its human rights uh, report for the year. Kofi Abua is General Secretary, the GJA, and Communications Lecturer, Wisconsin International University College here in Ghana. Thank you, gentlemen, so very much for making time to join us. Thank you. Yep. Happy yep. to be yeah. here. Yeah, Great. So, to start with, you are on a crusade, and I will say that you are giving the crusade. You are elevating the crusade because it's been said over and again that this particular something has to be done about our regime, our system, because we continue to perform very poorly in the press freedom rankings this false news crimes is it really to blame for how badly ghana has been performing recently yes kofi really it it is uh,
2: if you look at the press freedom in this other country as 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 you rightly said um, we have gone from bad to worse. Um, in 2018, we were number one in Africa,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we were all excited about about that, and if you consider that within a space of five years, we have gone that bad, then it is a cause to worry. And then also if you look at the reports for 2023, um, reporters without borders had flagged self-censorship as a key thing, and the, the, the trend we are seeing now, the effect of all of, all of that is for journalists to um, not be able to do the things they, they would have done ordinarily. So a, a, a lot of our colleagues are beginning to self-censure, and so um, that also takes away their critical voice. Mm. So for me, to a very large extent, it is something we can blame because um, um, if we are criminalized, criminalizing free speech and you need to look over your shoulders before you write or say something, then you, you will not be able to discharge even your constitutional mandate under Article 1625 to, mm. to, 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 to uphold the responsibility and accountability of the government to the people of Ghana. So my short um, answer is that, to a very large extent, um, we can blame these laws on,
1: on, a, on a low trend. Mm. Thank you very much, and Boa just mentioned Article 1625. Here's my copy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so let me show you if you want to take a look at uh, Article 1625 in my copy of the Constitution. Right, so Article 1625 of Ghana's Constitution uh, falls under the Chapter uh, 12, which is Freedom and Independence of the Media. I'm just going to take time to read this, uh, some small very important portion push, to put things in perspective because he mentioned it. 16251 says freedom and independence of the media are hereby guaranteed. You will find that this is also the case in chapter 5 of the human rights uh, provisions subject to this constitution. And any other law not inconsistent with this constitution, there shall be no censorship in Ghana. No censorship in Ghana. Three, there shall, again, shall means compulsory, mandatorily, there shall be no impediments to the establishment of private press or media, and in particular, There shall be no law requiring any person to obtain a license as a prerequisite to the establishment or operation of a newspaper journal or other media or mass communication or information. Four, editors and publishers of newspapers and other institutions of the mass media shall not, mandatorily, shall not be subject to control or interference by government or shall nor shall they be penalized or harassed for their editorial opinions and views or the content of their publications i'll end with this one five my favorite all agencies of the mass media shall at all times be free to uphold the principles provisions And objectives of this Constitution and shall uphold the responsibility and accountability of the government to the people of Ghana this is like a whole book Mm. if you start to write
2: and and, and the emphasis here for me is all agencies of the mass media shall at at all times be free so if um, at certain times you are not free because there is a certain fear then um this mandate given to the media by the constitution is is even being taken away from us and for me that is a serious thing
1: that we need to address okay we'll come to find out why there is that certain fear he says there's a certain fear and because of that the media people are doing self-censorship yes oliver um Do you agree with those who have taken this path that at least particularly three provisions, two in the Criminal Offenses Act and one in the Electronic Communications Act, are responsible for how bad our media uh, ranking has been over the last few
0: years? I mean, I think it, it tells only half of the story. Um, as, to, as to what we want to get at.
1: <laughs> now, when I'm,
0: we are thinking about sort of the protections of the media under the constitution, I suppose we have to start from what are we trying to achieve here or what, what road we contemplate for speech rights and also reporting rights um, in, in how it helps secure our democracy. Now, if we start there, and I know that one of the conversations we had in the past and, and in 2001 particularly, mm. was that we were celebrating the repeal of the criminal libel. Right. And it seemed that the conversation had been divorced from the broader purpose of why we were targeting that particular legis- legislative framework, rather than attempt to do a holistic review of the legal framework that surrounds speech and how speech is criminalized. And so by that effect, when we focus on one, we failed to see how substantially the same ends can be reached by just using other provisions in the, in, in the criminal code or, or other ways. Mm. Secondly, now, if I'm thinking about the purpose of it, it means that law and also law enforcement must be oriented to enhance that purpose. Now, if you're thinking here, particularly, for instance, the maintenance of those laws on our books, is that that's the way in which we better ensure the practice of a certain kind of journalism, let's say, then, then that invites the, the question as to whether or not criminal law provides the medium for us to reach those ends. But beyond that, the conversations about free to be able to operate in a particular manner, the conversations about holding government to account or doing all those things, entail much more than criminal repression of journalists, Mm -hmm. and how they are able to operate the circumstances under which they're operating. And and, and that's why I think it's instructive that if you are looking only by the, the rankings, The conversation is a bit more broader than that. It looks at the socioeconomic circumstances of journalists in in particular. Even the recent report that we did domestically about the state of the media brings in a lot more nuances into the conversation. And if it's a conversation that is intended to enhance how media operates and how speech rights operate generally, then obviously, yes, criminal law is a good place to look, but the conversation shouldn't stop there. Now, when I, when I talk about being intentional about it, one of the things, for instance, we noticed is that when, this, when the government came into place, one of the things they said was, okay, we are worried about our ranking on the World Bank's report on the ease of doing business in Africa. Right. So we want to think through how we can review legislation, how we can review administrative practices to enhance how we go up on those rankings. The same kind of conversation and attention has been treated to press freedom in a holistic conversation, as a governmental project of how do we make the press more freer so that everybody views Ghana as the kind of democracy that encourages uh, dissent and and speech in the same regard, I think.
1: Mm. Interesting. Now, we're starting from a certain global perspective and we will zoom in onto a much more local expression of what we are talking about. The U.S. State Department's Human Rights Report. In the report, on page eight, that's section two. It speaks about respect for civil liberties, but section two a is on freedom of expression, including for members of the press and other media. I read says the Constitution and law provide for freedom of expression including for the press and other media and the government generally respected this right although with some abuses freedom of expression that's the heading on february 11 police arrested oliver bakavoromo an activist critical of the government in response to a series of facebook posts after initially charging him with misdemeanour charges of making false statements remember we are coming to this a false statements police upgraded the charges to felony treason and held him in prison for 35 days before a judge released him on bail as someone who has come face to face with the law and how it is abused, you agree with people like uh, Justice Denise A.J., the G.J.A., and the many calls that say these laws must be removed from our books. Do you?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, well, I have perhaps described myself as a speech absolutely in, in some regard because I generally believe that the way in which you sustain a democracy and enhance the conversation about democracy is to make speech absolutely free and I think that the restraints on speech come about, first of all, in exchange of dialogue and argument. That I would say something, and somebody would then issue a statement and say, we, do not disagree. we disagree with this, and we condemn it. That's one way in which our societal values is checking speech, not through criminal law. Because once you invite criminal law in the process, then one of the things you're going to create is that you're going to create an economy of fear around speech. But then if so- socially, people can listen to one speech and say, this person has said this but we condemn that then that's fine one of the things i have given an example even in my case we started with that is there are persons who said we agree with so many things you have said but we don't agree with what you said here Mm. and i said that's absolutely fine that's how the practice of democracy should operate that other voices would then come in and challenge one person's speech which would give an opportunity to clarify secondly one of the things i have always maintained is that we won't be talking about freedom of speech If all speech that needs protection was desirable speech, Mm. the real purpose of the freedom is to protect speech that people deem undesirable. Because if it was, then there was was no concern about it. So I think that the practice of democracy contemplates that uh, we would meet speech or speech that we find undesirable. But then we should, and that's fine, because by allowing undesirable speech, we create the avenue for more desirable speech. to, to go on. Mm. And this is not a principle that is unknown to our laws. For instance, in terms of criminal practice, we say that it is better for one guilty person to be let off than several accused persons. So, or you know, uh, one person guilty person to be let off, and rather uh, innocent people to be locked up. That's right. We should bring that same thinking to how speech operates. That even the general body of allowing speech, even if there may be some bad speech we are not OK with, that's fine. At least we are keeping the window and the door open for more speech to happen. Mm. That's what I'm saying, if we are thinking then in the language of, okay, what are we trying to achieve with protection of speech and protection of the media, we we'll then come back to, is, are these laws proportionate and necessary mm. in being able to keep the window open for people to be able to speak mm. more to enhance our democracy? Right. Let me end on the final point. Mm. Uh, I, I, and I think that culturally we are accepting of this because of how we have, I can't translate democracy which dissolves to speech rights. It's entirely an understanding that democracy is enhanced by exchange of speech and nothing else.
1: Okay. Now, we will look at these specific laws in question and then ask the question if, in fact, they are desirable or what exactly the problem is. So let's begin and starting with the GJA. The Criminal Code 1960, Act 29, Section 207 says, Offensive conduct conducive to breaches of peace. Any person who in any public place or at any public meeting uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behavior with intent to provoke a breach of the peace or whereby a breach of the peace is likely to be occasioned Shall be guilty of a misdemeanor. This is the first. Here's a second. Section 208 of the same Act. Publication of false news with intent to cause fear and alarm to the public. You've always heard it fear and panic. The law, the law actually uh, uh, renders it fear and alarm, not panic. But they are the same, are <laughs> they not? It says any person who publishes or reproduces any statement, rumor, or report which is likely to cause fear and alarm to the public or to disturb the public peace knowing or having reason to believe that the statement rumor or report is false is guilty of a misdemeanor simply means you are looking to about a minimum three years in jail now let's move uh, forward uh, to electronic communications Act 2008 at 775 section 76 also deals with false communication the first one is false statement this one is false communication it says a person who by means of electronic communication electronic communication service knowingly sends a communication which is false or misleading and likely to prejudice the efficiency of life life life-saving service or to endanger the safety of any person ship, aircraft, vessel, or vehicle commits an offense and is liable on summary conviction to a fine of not more than 3,000 penalty units or to a term of imprisonment of not more than five years or both. This one has enhanced it. Why must these laws give way? What's the justification? Okay. Um, something be,
2: Before I come to that, allow me to add a little bit to what Oliver said. Mm. Um, you know, Democracy, as you said, is say your own and let me say my own. <laughs> but but the media gives vent to the to the exercise of that. That's right. That is why um, the Constitution, Article One Six Three, says the 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 state-owned media, and I want to include the the mass media I generally have. as well, mm. shall afford. Fair opportunities and facilities for the expression of divergent views and dissenting opinion. Okay. And, and that for me is KB Mami KB.
1: Now, coming back. And that provision is to enable, en- enable um, chapter 5. Right. Yeah. Which says that you have a right as a human being, a birthright to expression, okay. including that of the media. Article okay. 211F. Okay. okay, go. And even if you want to add um,
2: articles. Fifty-five, um, eleven, and fifty-five, twelve, and um, which enjoy the state media to offer opportunities to political parties and presidential ca- mm-hmm. Ca- mm-hmm. candidates to present their their uh, messages their messages to to the people. That tells you the role the media plays in promoting the the mm-hmm. democratic uh, dispensation. Right. Why these laws must go. Um, I've heard people talk about um, um, the need to have some law in the criminal code to to deal with mischief but um, if you consider the manner the law is being applied or the fact that the law that is supposed to deal with mischief is in itself becoming the mischief (laughs) then we need to deal with that law And, and, and for me um it is, it is good we are taking note of. If you read the memorandum to the the repeal of the criminal, C- criminal labor and seditious laws, there's nothing that differs from what we are experiencing now. And if um, what existed or the justifications made in the memorandum are uh, anything to go by then we should apply the same justification to repeal this law mm. because it is not in our in, in our interest and um, the memorandum was read in parliament by then attorney general Nana nanakufado who is the current president of the country mm. so for me if that was the belief then to justify the repeal of those laws and those same conditions exist now surrounding these very laws. Then I think um, we, we, we don't need to waste time to take them
1: off our static books. So you are the lawyer. Let's begin from here. Section 207, offensive conduct conduces to breaches of the peace. It's not only for media. It's for all of us. Are you suggesting that when the law says, if any person in the public place or at any public meeting uses threatening abusive or insulting words or behavior with intend to provoke a breach of the peace whereby a breach of the peace is likely to be occasioned we shouldn't hold that to be an offense or that we should
0: insulate the media from this so one of the things I think about when I look at this say that provision is I ask myself what is the law trying to stop. It seems that the law does not have a problem with people using threatening, abusive, or insultive words so that those words being used or that language or speech being used in itself is not something the law is seeking to criminalize. It seems the law's real intent is that we shouldn't provoke a breach of the peace or create a situation where the breach of peace is likely to be occasioned. So then I come back and ask myself, then why isolate it to threatening, abusive, or insulting words? Why not just say that a person in a public place should not engage in conduct which threatens, to, which intends to provoke the breach of the peace? The the fact that words or speech is being isolated here creates the window for its abuse, potential mm. abuse, because it single out speech as the potential thing. But we know that peace can be provoked in many ways that go beyond. Just the use of words. It says insulting words or behavior. So it says here, person who uses threatening, abusive, or insulting words or behavior. Okay, so behavior is included. Mm -hmm. But in, in all the instances where we have seen, for instance, in terms of its implementation, the focus has always been on the use of language. Right. And for me, I think that if the real intent of the law is to focus on just avoiding situations of provoking the breach of peace and removing sort of the emphasis on language or anything, it might create a better way for us to think through what do we mean when we say a person is provoking a breach of the peace in a particular c- scenario. And in many instances, it just resolves to the person has insulted. And so we say that that is sufficient. Mm. But I don't think that speech rights is trying to create a scenario where we cannot use insults in everyday life. That's not its intent. Mm. So that's where I worry about. But a broader thing and one of the things which we fear falling into a trap of is particularly if you read the language of what we have repealed on the criminal criminal libel laws. We may read it and we say that it is trying to prevent a person's reputation from not being injured. What is wrong with that? Mm -hmm. But law's purpose can be supplanted by either under enforcement or selective enforcement. And that process might reduce or diminish what we are trying to create by it. And I also wanted to put it in, in a context whereby we are wondering about the entire overall impact. That's if over years of implementation of this, we haven't been able to, cre- we have created a scenario where it has a drawback effect on, on press freedom or individual ability to engage, then it means ultimately we need to rethink as to whether or not this is the best approach to stop people from provoking peace. Mm. That's kind of how, how I get around this. Uh, yeah, but the, on its own, for instance, let's take, let's break it down to threatening. Let's start with threatening. The use of threats, for instance, is already significantly criminalized in law. It is, as far as individuals are concerned, yeah. right? So, threat of harm, threat, and yes. threat of death.
3: Now, I the good thing about
0: those is that it it is it requires the prosecutor to specific or identify a specific victim in a particular context. But in this case, it doesn't necessarily do so. I'll give you an example because I have mm. uh, been defending for one of the physical country activists who was arrested on, on charged with this for saying that the police barracks in in Tamale was not in the best of conditions, and how can police officers live in this situation? I remember that was that. determined to be language that would lead to breach of the peace. You, you understand? So the. The circumstances so, under so which. So, what, what is going on in the mind
1: of the prosecutor when they say, for saying that the barracks is lo- looking dirty or that it's it's in disrepair, it's not looking tenantable, and people are living there, that will provoke
0: uh, a breach of the peace. What's going on in the mind of the prosecutor? What so, do you think? I, I think that what happens is that even though I'm talking about speech, one of the things I recognize about speech is that two, there are two things that happen. Speech can hurt ego. And can be undesirable. And our attempt always is that how do we deal with undesirable speech or speech that hurts a person's ego? Then immediately we have to find somewhere something that looks like where we can plant it. And that's what often happens, I think. But I recognize that in the nature of speech, speech would always hurt some, somebody may feel slighted by speech. Mm. We shouldn't open the door for persons who are slighted by the use of speech to then instrumentalize the criminal process to deal with people whose speech they find undesirable. Now, um, uh, Kofi, section
1: 208, you may say this is more targeted at the press, but we know that it's for general. Publication of false news with intent to cause fear and alarm. Don't you think that this is actually part of what will help engender responsible journalism as they speak so that you don't publish or reproduce any statement or rumor or report which is likely to cause fear and alarm to the public or likely to disturb the public peace when you have no reason to believe that the statement, rumor, or report is true.
2: For me, I think there are other laws we can apply to address, address um. This issue. So, any person who who is aggrieved um, by a publication or or, or of the sort may mm-hmm. may have recourse to several avenues. One, you can you can exercise your right to uh, redender at and which uh, is a constitutional right, Article one 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 sixty two Clause Six. Mm-hmm. You can you can file a complaint at the NMC, which is also. A provision in the co- co- constitution you can sue for defamation so and defamation can be can be a, 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 a punitive thing yeah very punitive for example some media houses have collapsed because of it exactly so why why wouldn't we want to go through the civil procedure and even the manner um, these cases are handled in the case of the um, for example, recent issue. Um, it is something against the first lady. The first lady can sue for defamation. You you don't need, in my humble view, to apply um, criminal uh, law. A criminal law. Then in, in the case of Noah you the, the mm. even uh, even, even in, in that case, um, the guy had had something about McDonald had posted Madam picture, then Electrochem goes to make a report to the police, and I don't
1: see the connection between the two. Mm. And so the the application Electrochem it, is a company owned right. by McDonald. Own, own, own. but in law mm. it's a separate entity. It is not Madam. Yeah. Mm. So you you wonder how come
2: uh, I offend an individual, and then. His company. His his company will rather go and, and, and make a report. And for me, um these cases are civil cases and we 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 don't understand why the police should should pursue a criminal action against the against the people. Mm. So um we are we are thinking that one um, apart from the way the law is being applied, um it is becoming mischief in, in itself and if so then let's let's do where to t- take a lot of we we are not saying the media should not be responsible um, the 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 NMC which is a, a, a creature of the co- co- Constitution has the mandate to regulate the media and one of the things um, we we also do um, as as media institutions, is that um, we always want to guard our our credibility. That's right. Because credibility actually sells you. That's right. So if your credibility is undermined, then you are you are, you are at, out of the game. So why would I do anything to undermine that? And um, and to um, for us as a, a professional institution, we, we we have had occasions to address um these issues um I recall um when Katy Smart was arrested,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we had issued a press statement to condemn the police for the manner they, they arrested him. when Captain smart made some comments about female sports we still had the cause to issue a press statement to 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 condemn him mm-hmm. so we have done um, this in the past I also recall. In 2020, um, during the lockdown, um, on the if the, the on the on the on the night the president was to address the nation, GH1 had shown some porn and things. We we issued a press statement to condemn certain. things. So um, we are not saying the media is above the law or. Um, we, 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 we don't want to be responsible we appreciate the fact that, um, that there's no right that is
1: absolute and so the, the, the avenues you mentioned I was going to ask the question we we repeal these laws and replace them with what because it may be necessary to hold people in check now you say do a rejoinder under the Constitution you are allowed and the media house is bound by law once you do a rejoinder to also publish the rejoinder. The rejoinder is simply your side of the story, correcting the falsehood or the inaccuracies. So rejoinder number one, or go to NMC. NMC basically deals dealing with ethical matters, and they will simply say, go and retract. That's the end of the story. Uh, If it comes to defamation, also there will be, if you are successful, retraction apology, and then you pay money. But... Ghanaians will tell you that what we fear most is jail. And this is what this law does. Yeah, um, um,
2: in, in the case of NMC, for example, um, why wouldn't we consider this um, popular view that the NMC should be empowered to enforce its, its orders, for example, so that um, it not be only a matter of um, a moral situation. So uh, that may be one way to address the I- I- issue. Mm. But then I believe the other laws I, 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 I spoke about are equally good to address the issue. Why must I go to jail because of what, what I say or what I write? And I'm saying that the because of what you say
1: or what you wrote or what you reproduced which is untrue, which is false, could also have caused the death of somebody, could have caused a breach of the peace. That's what they say. That's what the law says. Yeah, and I,
2: I, I mentioned earlier that the same reasons assigned for the repeal of the criminal libel and seditious law are good to um, repeal this law, too, because if, if you read the memorandum to that bill, mm-hmm. there is no difference between... Um, the 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 mischief of that law and the mischief and, 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 and the mischief of these laws too okay so if we had deemed it fit to deal with mm. those laws, why wouldn 't we um, deal and for me I, I, I always say on a, on a lighter note that if Kufo were to be the pre- president of the country, these laws would have been re- re- repealed long ago and right. because he repealed the criminal libel law. Mm. In, in the 7th in
1: the month of his um, administration. Okay. Right. So, Oliver, still on 208. Isn't it
0: perhaps necessary in a state? So, um, let's let's come to some of the examples that have been given. I realize that in both instances, the conversation about whether or not the, the false news being alleged does... Cause or has the possibility of causing fear and alarm as this come out of the question, whether it's in the Bobby mm-hmm. answer case or mm-hmm. in the Noah's case. Mm-hmm. So that tells you that we are coming again through the back door and using criminal libel. And I'd also like library to library. refer to that example of recent, that, that
1: is not about a journalist, which is um, Asepa, uh, uh, Asepa uh, Mensa Thompson. Yeah. He said the president's family were was involved traveling in with the private
0: jet. Traveling with the private jet. Yeah. And because of that,
1: he was arrested. Yeah. Mm.
0: And here we have a conversation again about whether or not that causes or has a likelihood of causing fear and alarm, which is not discussed at mm. all. Mm. But there's also an example where happened with the Connect FM uh, journalist where on a live radio a caller in says that there was some incident of kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Then the police pick up the journalist who was hosting the show and the person called in and then the individual and says you have allowed a platform for this to be produced or reproduced. For which reason? And people are saying, well, it's a live program, so I have no control over that. And you're saying it doesn't matter. That even calls into question whether or not live programs in themselves meet the test the law puts that you must take reasonable measures to verify the accuracy of a statement. What it means by effect, if I was a lawyer ad- advising every media house, I'd say you can't play anything live anymore. It has that effect on that. That's the speech suppression element uh, in, in, in that. You can't do a live show because you can't predict what, what the person is going to say next.
1: Okay. So, uh, even hosting you, yes. I should not at- attempt
0: to do it because I don't know what you will say. And I, I could, in my process of giving an example, mm. give an example which could be wrong, and somebody could judge that you have added up to the incidence of, uh, of abuse of power in relation to this, and that can cause fear and panic and arrest you. But there are two things which have happened over the years which we haven't taken of notice of. You remember when, Amina, you turn by happened That's right. There was a huge conversation about this for a very long time. Ultimately, the court had judged on the submission of no case that the requirement of intent to cause fear and alarm had not been met. Mm. You would think that ordinarily this raises the threshold that one has to meet. And so that would be a check in itself and would inform arrest. It, does, it didn't.
3: at ZipRecruiter.com slash post. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash post. ZipRecruiter.com slash post. Wake up, people. You're optimizing every waking hour of your life, from carpooling kids to work to friends and everything in between. You have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements, learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better night after night. Sleep Next Level, only from Sleep Number save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing ends Monday to learn more go to sleepnumber.com see store for details
0: The other thing is that one of the things we have noticed over the period is that the number of arrests with regard to the number of people who are eventually prosecuted and gone through the process uh, this thing doesn't match up okay It tells you that something else is happening with the law What you mean is what that people are arrested but never prosecuted Yes people are arrested kept in there's an actual prosecution, it doesn't happen, or somewhere along the line, it discontinued. If and and I am really interested in if we want to take away the mischief power of the law, we could create a class of set offences within the law where the discretion of giving police inquiry bill is no longer a discretion. Mm. That there cannot be arrest in these instances. When it happens, you issue a hearing notice for the person to appear before a magistrate and let's prosecute in that way. That way it takes away the effect of immediately arresting people as a way of punishment. Because you can you keep them for 48 hours. You can even decide to discontinue it and re-arrest them again. That process of how we are using it, like you say, keeping, taking a person's liberty away is viewed as the ultimate punishment. That's right. And for which reason we want to continue to use it. Mm-hmm. The potential for abuse would be reduced, in my opinion. You in, try to insulate the court, and your suggestion is that the
1: court would be more reasonable than the police officer would do. I don't. know the really Noah case shows that not disproves that. Yes, because he was denied bail yes. and kept there for
0: a week or so. Yeah. Mm. No, I completely. One of the things I've struggled with is that in our case, anytime you are arrested uh, or we are charged with an offence, it means that you are automatically arrested and so you must have bail. So for which reason you start off with a, say a police inquiry bail, you come before the court. And then the court says I must admit you again to bail. It's not necessarily the same in, mm. in other jurisdictions. Mm. Whereby, you have, been, you have been charged with a criminal offense, We don't have to determine whether or not to bail you or not. For instance, mm. when you see, when Trump was ar- arraigned, yeah. he, he flew in, charges were read, he pleaded, he goes off. They don't have to make a question of bail in, that particular, in every particular instance. So I think that if we're able to insulate some of these things from the, that bail arrangement, mm. we can prevent the situation whereby necessarily you know the, the, yeah the, and i think the courts have been abusive in this regard as well i see and i'm not helping helping clarify the extent of how that can lead to further abuse
1: there's 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 been an argument within some legal community among people that i suspect you are part of that the law in itself is such that it's it's giving to abuse when you say, um, likely, likely to, you know, as it were, bring about fear and alarm and so on, then you are leaving it in the hands of the, those who are dealing with it to abuse it. But what else should the law be about that, in fact, an offense has been committed? You, 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 can, you can say something about it before he comes in. Okay. The law is that you are doing something and it's likely to cause an event. Mm. Should it always be the case that you must have what you are doing must have caused that thing before we, we say you have done wrong? Yeah, um,
2: I, I, I've read um, a letter about um, Oliver Wendell Holmes' um, um, proposition on. on, 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 on Unclear and and present danger. 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 So where um, you are not able to make such a a determination, or how do you even do that to to indicate that um, this is to cause fear and alarm? And some readings have made suggest to me that um, there should be a clear indication. And without such indication, um, you cannot um, 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 use the law ag- against against a, a person. Yeah. And, and I think um, in the manner our police have applied the law, um,
1: they they have not been able to. Are you measure up to worried about the law or the manner of its application by the police? Um, once once
2: it is subject to bad application, for me. It's better to take it off. As we say in Akam, um uh, the the the, the tree that will that will hit your eye. Wake up, people.
3: You're optimizing every waking hour of your life. From carpooling kids, to work, to friends, and everything in between. You have to get sleep and a bed that can perform as well as you do. Meet the next generation Sleep Number Smart Bed. It effortlessly adjusts to your shape, position, and movements, learning how you sleep so you learn to sleep better. Night after night. Sleep next level, only from Sleep Number. Save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed Plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to SleepNumber.com. See store for details being interpreted now so completely it is being wrongly applied so
1: we will deal with a, a second edition uh, a part two where we will take time to deal with that but I'm thinking whether we should take your questions now or wait until we deal with that and take your question but you said something that I feel maybe you should render it um, a lot more with a lot more clarity to me and my viewers as well Kofi says I am concerned about the misuse or abuse of the law. However, I want the law itself to be struck off so that it doesn't exist for somebody to abuse it. Which some people will say then there's a way to avoid the abuse whilst it still exists so that it can be used properly. Now you say, even if it exists, remove. The opportunity for you to determine that uh, the person should be granted bail or not, and so on, and that there's a need to
0: perhaps add and flesh it out with specifics. How exactly? So, one of the things I I'd invite us always to is that if we think that the law is being abused, then it means that we are using it either on the basis of a study or an anecdotal evidence. Then we have to determine the elements of that abuse. How has it been abused? If it is from the example I've given you, we are noticing more arrests under the law than there are prosecutions under it. We are noticing more arrests under it than there are convictions under it. Then it means that it, is, it exists to legitimize arrest power. And so if arrest power and the frequency of arrest is in question there, then one of the ways is that you take away the frequency of arrest. By saying that whenever any person flouts this particular legislation, what you should do is that you issue the person criminal hearing notice, and the person must present themselves before a court for the trial to commence on that. That becomes one way in which you are checking the power of arrest being used to intimidate, mm-hmm. and making sure that people... I grew up in the, um, in the police barracks, you know, and one of the things the police would do is that when you are mischievous in the barracks is that the take you and lock you up in the cell for a few hours to, to teach you something. What, this is what we are seeing fundamentally with this law happen. If we were to take that away, that we amend our legislation and consolidate, and it's not the only one. Several other crimes like that, where there's a propensity of using arrest powers to abuse, to say that there's not going to be any arrest and nobody's going to be kept in cells for any period. Because these are things which, potentially, there's not an immediate threat mm. Of repeating itself or because because before this would have happened has already happened in the past and so at this point there's no immediate danger so what we do is that you're issued a hearing notice you appear and a trash should happen now I am not discounting the possibility that trial in itself can have a nuisance value mm-hmm. but we are not there yet in terms of how it has been operationalized and if it did happen then that becomes a question of how do we prosecute certain offenses and do we think about offenses in this case if it affects certain professional elements, let's say journalists, do we conduct their trial differently on different timelines? Those are things to think about. One of the things I've analogized, some people have asked, but why treat journalists differently than, say, everybody else in the society? And I wonder to myself, particularly when it comes to legal profession, and, the, and we go to court all the time, there are so many things we do in court that if the law was, were likely to be prosecuted, then we will be going through the same problem. But we have created a separate problem process whereby somebody can apply to the General Legal Council, and then your conduct would be reviewed in that particular way. The journalists also deserve, in terms of their professional use of their instruments of work, that we think about, okay, can we create a different uh, diversionary system where that that can be reviewed in a manner that achieves the objective of regulating the profession, but also ensures that we don't abuse and have a chilling effect on press freedom. Interesting. Um, so, Kofi, like I said, we will do a, definitely
1: a part two of it and deal with uh, the Electronic Communications Act. If we open that one right now, we cannot continue. And um, Oliver, to uh, mention at the start, there's some work that they too have done in respect of journalists and issues of safety. So, it does appear that we we'll need some time to go over the, that again properly and then invite the public in so as we close what do you want the viewers you know to imprint about this and what you want
2: okay i I think um um as i've i've I've, I've kept saying um, insofar as the law itself has become the mischief (laughs) we should we should deal with that law by repealing the law i don't know why a law on causing financial lo- loss was taken off. Mm. I guess it's because of the mischief in that law. And wha- one of the things I, 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 I heard about it was that uh, you may have um, caused financial law, but not be a beneficiary. And you you go to jail for
1: that.
0: What am I forgetting?
1: It's the law on causing financial loss, has it been repealed? I
0: don't think so. I, I no. didn't know that. Yes, no. You just talked
1: well yeah, oh okay yeah. mm. okay so um,
2: um I, I remember um when it, it it was used against is it and mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. um people had raised That's issues right. about that yes for me I think it's all because of the mischief in there so when when there's a mischief and it will not help the cause of 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 society and in in this case the democracy of of our of our country then we need to do where well to to take the law off and i want to go back to the memorandum of the <laughs> of the of the of the repeal of the law <laughs> of and mm. um, the, the criminal libel law everything there is a good reason why we should repeal this law okay yes what would be your final words
0: um i i think for me my final words are that it is good for us to regulate the use of speech in society, and also journalistic profession. And, and it's also good for us to question the manner in which laws are used generally. The question for us is why do we have a propensity to run to criminal law and put people in jail as the only instrument of regulation? That relationship we have to find a way to be more scientific about how do we achieve regulation without necessarily exposing people to the injury of, of prison. Thank you very much. Press freedom versus
1: false news crimes. This has been part one of it, with Kofi Abwah, who is general secretary the GJA and communications lecturer, Wisconsin University International University College Ghana. Oliver Vomawo, is lawyer and researcher. I can't thank you enough. This has been the law. It's your legal light. It's your help law. We'll come your way again next week.